0: Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Wednesday, April 29th. S&P futures are up about 28 points. That is about a percent. The major European indices are about unchanged overall, um, and Asia generally traded higher. Um, So a few moving pieces this morning. On the macro front, there's very little macro news to really note. Um, This is the peak of earnings season. So today and tomorrow will be the peak 48 hours in terms of volume for earnings, both in the US and Europe. Um, and then things start to trickle off next week. So I think for the most part, investors are now in the thick of earnings. Um, no, so just running through a quick earning, uh, a few earnings highlights. I think on an absolute basis, if if one ignores what the market has done as far as rallying over the last several weeks, on an absolute basis, there are certainly some encouraging developments on earnings in the last 12 hours. So I think for Google in the US was a big highlight last night. Um, on the call, Google noted that their core search business, so their core search advertising business was performing very well in March and uh, I'm sorry in January and February, and so an abrupt um, and and large decline starting in March. So for the quarter overall, uh, search ad revenues were up nine percent, um, but they fell fifteen percent in the month of March. On the call, management said that there are, have been some signs of stabilization in that number. So. Um, you know, suggesting that there has not been a further deterioration since that abrupt decline. Investors celebrated that and Google shares rallied about 8% last night. Um, again, going from, you know, the fact that you're not de- de- deteriorating any further from down 15% um, is a victory, but you're still kind of running down 15% for, um, you know, a, a, a huge advertising business. Um On on Yum China, so uh, YUMC shares, um, you know, they continue to see progress on same-store sales in China as that country emerges from its lockdown. So, you know, the the comps are turning, are are less bad. The declines are lessening. So that's an encouraging data point. Starbucks says that their China comps should be back to flat, so back to around pre-crisis levels by the end of September. And they also plan to have all their U.S. locations open, 90% of the U.S. locations open by the end of June. So again, positive data points there. In Europe on earnings, so Daimler, Volkswagen were both kind of no worse than feared. Certainly some uh, you know some glimmers of hope. Uh, much better than what you saw at a Ford last night where you had a huge Q1 loss and, and they got it to an even bigger Q1 loss. Um, uh, they got it to an even larger loss in Q2. Daimler, Volkswagen both look better than Ford. Barclays. Again, the the banks out of Europe are are certainly having a better than feared earnings season thus far. You had the the Deutsche Bank positive pre-announcement Sunday evening. Deutsche Bank had their formal numbers out this morning, nothing too incremental there. But Barclays had their report out today. Solid figures on the trading front. They also suggest trading has stayed strong into April. AMSAG, which is a semiconductor company in Europe, um, very strong results and guidance. That's one of the top stocks in all of Europe today. Um, and then also, I would say uh, Southwest they had a big equity offering. They actually were able to upsize it from fifty five to seventy million shares um, and they didn't price it too far below where the stock closed yesterday. So I think you certainly have on an absolute basis some positive micro indications um, that some m- positive micro indications that have macro implications for the market. Um, I would just say though again, in the context of the rally that we've seen, I think those headlines become less profound um, and so, you know, none of them give you a reason to kind of chase stocks higher, in particular Google, where, again, I you know, the fact that markets are celebrating that that business has stabilized down 15 percent and they're kind of ignoring the fact that you did see such a sharp and abrupt decline, um, you know, in that business line in March strikes me as, as um, you know, something that should have occurred back in, in March, not up at these levels. Um, so those are by far kind of all the main themes and trends, It's very much an earnings heavy, morning there are a ton of more reports that were out of the US yesterday and in Europe this morning I have full summaries of everything up on the vital knowledge website in the vital dawn this morning on the calendar for today you're going to have US GDP for Q1 at 830 and then you have the Fed this afternoon with the statement at 2 o'clock and the cr- press conference at 230. I think both are going to be very relatively uneventful um, you know no one cares about Q1 GDP. It's very much, again, I think the big issue right now is whether or not May data can stabilize versus April data. Again, that whole Google concept where the whole market knows that the economy fell off a cliff in March. Um, April is going to be very, very bad. And now the key is whether or not you can stabilize at those very bad levels in May. And I think that's what investors are looking for. But we're not going to see May data for several more weeks. So the Q1 GDP, especially, I think, is a complete non-event. The Fed also is very, very uneventful as well. They're not supposed to take any policy announcements. Keep in mind, the Fed um, has not really been sticking to its its kind of um, you know uh, announcing policy measures in conjunction with meetings. They they will announce them on a daily basis. You had another one. Uh, just a couple of days ago at the municipal lending facility. So it's not like they're really waiting for meetings to kind of make a big policy pronouncement. I think to the extent there is anything in, uh, incremental out of the Fed today, it will be on the press conference at 2.30. Um, but even then, there's really nothing that the market is is eagerly awaiting for um, clarity on. For me in particular, I think the one key thing will be we've seen a tapering of the treasury purchase schedules. So they were buying about $75 billion a day at the peak of the crisis in March, that's now trickled down to about $15 billion a day. So I think um, to the extent they provide any color or clarity around their plans on QE, because right now, remember, they have unlimited QE, um, which is good and bad. You know, I think the bad part is there's just no clarity around when it's going to end, how far, or what, what the ultimate purchase amount will be. So I think investors will be looking for some clarity from Powell on that front today. You know, if you were to say that we're going to continue to taper, that certainly I think would would disrupt markets this afternoon at 2:30. So I think that that's really the only wild card for the Fed today. Otherwise, it should be a complete non-event. The big earnings reports out this morning include Boeing, GE, Mastercard, and Yum, the U.S. Yum. And then after the close, you have Facebook, Microsoft, Qualcomm, and ServiceNow are the big ones to watch. And then my views on the market are still the same as before. Um, you know, just quickly on yesterday's price action, you did have a very notable fade in the tape, obviously, but the underlying trends were actually bullish. So you know again, you have this you have this kind of um, perverse dynamic whereby if investors are feeling quite positive on the underlying macro trends in the economy, they're going to sell super cap tech stocks. Because those names dominate the indices, they drag the whole market lower when they come for sale. But the stocks that people were buying, again, I think reflect optimism. People who are buying Amazon up at these levels are not necessarily very bullish on the world. Um, and that's what you saw Amazon come for sale yesterday. So there, uh, you know, you can look at there's an equal weighted S&P index and then there's the market cap weighted S&P. That, that's, that's the popular quoted one. The equal weighted index actually rallied uh, meaningfully yesterday. It was the market cap weighted one, given all those tech stocks that came for sale that dragged it lower. So yesterday, you know, again, I thought it was the underlying price action was was bullish, um, not negative. My views though are the same as before. Again, I still think that the market should not—you should not be chasing stocks up here. I'm not negative necessarily. I don't think we're we're, we're uh, set up for a huge sell off. I just think that the market has to mark time. It's already reflecting the positive developments that we've seen since March. Um, and then just specifically on reopening, again, I, I continue to kind of push back on the narrative. Um, I think, I think, A, there's a lot of news that gets recycled where every state that announces a reopening plan, it seems that markets interpret that as a new incremental piece of information. Again, you should assume every single state right now is in the process of reopening, or they will be reopening um, beginning in May. Um, and you're going to see every individual company announce reopening plans as well. So, Apple, tomorrow night when they report, I'm sure we'll have some news out about reopening their stores. Starbucks last night talked about reopening its stores. Those should not be treated as incremental new news. Reopening will apply to all states and all companies. Again, the question is, um, you know, so that's my one gripe is that we're recycling old news. And then again, I think that people are conflating reopening with a normalization of economic activity. I think the two are going to be dramatically different. The latter is going to take a very long time to occur. I think for some industries, it'll come back relatively quickly. I think for others, though, it's going to just be a very long slog that's going to continue to weigh on economic activity. Um, you know, just for an example, British Airways is, get, is getting hit in Europe this morning where they came out and said they think it's going to be several years before travel returns to what it was in 2019. And you're hearing a lot of anecdotal comments about, from companies that, that have begun reopening in certain states. But they're being forced to operate under uh, significantly, you know, severe. They're they're being forced to operate with severe restrictions as far as how many people can can come into a store, or a restaurant, um, and then operating hours and safety enhancements, et cetera. So companies will be incurring incre- increased costs as they reopen, and you're not going to see the activity levels, um, you know, be pre- returned to pre-crisis levels. I think for for some time. So, you know, I, I so. This whole reopening uh, narrative that's helped propel equities. It certainly is positive that you are reopening. Um, and then you also have, again, you know there's there was a, a lot of focus yesterday on uh, development in Germany where Germany has lifted some of their restrictions, but they're actually seeing infection rates tick higher. Um so you have this whole question of if we begin to reopen, are you going to have to reverse in some areas? and and I, I think you will. It's not going to be a completely linear process. There'll be adjustments along the way. Um, And that's something that Pepsi CEO yesterday on the call, I felt laid out very well, where he was asked about kind of their assumptions on reopening and their plans. Um, And I have his quote in the vital dawn today, but he just pushed back and said it's going to be um, a it's going to be nonlinear and it's also going to take a long time to to occur. It's not just, you know, all the governments removing their restrictions. That's the easy part. The harder part is going to be um, normalizing economic behavior. So that is everything for today. Uh, Thank you for listening.